ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Well, it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's. That means nothing here. Welcome to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We have got you covered until 6 o'clock with our text line at 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255. I hope those of you who are making your last-minute stops on your way home listening to the show to Kroger to get your belated flowers and, and all those other leftover goodies, uh, good luck. Good luck to you. I wish you well in that endeavor. Uh, but we will be here until 6 o'clock to keep you company and get you through the day. And good news, we're not rioting today. We're not rioting today because I got the email earlier from the Sun Belt. And indeed, Andrew Taylor, Sun Belt Player of the Week. So yesterday, he was named the Lou Henson Award National Player of the Week. And that goes to the top mid major player of the week. So he has got a lot of hardware coming his way. And so today he gets the nod as Player of the Week. Tavion Kinsey said it. He's got to be Player of the Week. I mean, Tavion had a really good week himself. So it's good to see Andrew Taylor earn Player of the Week honors in the Sun Belt. He averaged 29.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, and 5.5 assists in the two games. He made 52.1% of his shots including 47.6 from behind the arc, 47.6% to be correct. So well-deserved. He needed that. He definitely needed that. He is a guy that got to keep him around, whatever it takes. You can't lose him. You have to have him on your team because uh, he is going to be an important part of Marshall basketball moving forward and of course we've got four more games and then a tournament and then more than likely here's here's the idea here if Marshall can get into the NCAA tournament it's going to be it's going to be something to see Tavion Kinsey making the show that's going to be fun but if Marshall doesn't make the NCAA tournament there's a there's a chance the NIT could happen and so if the NIT happens, you know, we've got basketball with maybe another home games, another opportunity to see the herd. But Saturday sold out. So if you want to see Marshall basketball and you don't have a ticket for Saturday, Thursday there are still tickets. I would plan now. I would just go ahead and take care of that business now. First thing when you can call the ticket office if you haven't made a decision by tomorrow morning, you, know, you might be too late. But Saturday is sold out. Now, with that said, I'm hoping, absolutely hoping, that Marshall goes on the road, wins out, and then goes to Pensacola, wins the tournament, and the only time we see the team at home is when they come back victorious from the Sun Belt Championship and maybe even maybe a selection Sunday appearance. So that's what I'm waiting for here for Thundering Herd Basketball, and I think you are as well. 
That's the next time I want to see Tavion on Saturday. I want to then see Tavion coming back with a conference championship trophy. That's what I want to see. That's my plan. I hope you guys are good with that. We'll get your text in this hour, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. What are we doing on today's show? Well, we're going to talk about Marshall women's basketball. Tony Kemper's presser was earlier today. And so I went over to Marshall this morning to talk to Tony. We've also got Shania Wright. We'll hear from her. She has some interesting thoughts on this rematch with Georgia Southern. So that's coming up later in the show. What about baseball today? What can we say about baseball? Well, we're going to try to figure it out because there are changes coming, and we're going to see a lot of these changes, how how well those go. And you know that the uh, extra innings will start with the runner on second base. But there are other things you might not know that are coming. And I've seen the pictures today, and we'll talk about it. The base size has changed. Of course, there's the pitch clock, but the base size has changed. And I'm not sure how I feel about these rule changes just yet, only because I want to see everything in in action. I want to see it. I'm willing to give it a chance to give it a shot. Will Will this make baseball go faster? Will this make... And that's the thing. The one thing I liked about baseball... And it's also the one thing that maybe worked in it, you know, against it as well in today's fast-paced society. Baseball was done when baseball was done. You go out to the ball game, and the game lasts as long as it needs to. It doesn't, it doesn't end any sooner or any longer than it has to. It just ends when it's over. With football, we've got overtime. Basketball, we've got overtime. Hockey, we have overtime. And then, in a regular season, we've got the shootout if overtime doesn't get it done. And we take, and we don't do this in, in basketball in overtime, but in hockey, we take, we take players off the ice. It's more of a fast-paced, open game. So you take players off the ice. And then if it isn't resolved, you go to the shootout. Sort of like kicks, penalty kicks, but much better, more exciting. Baseball, though, was that one sport where we didn't do that. And now there have been those times where the games have dragged on and just won't end. So maybe Major League Baseball is on to something here, trying to, to make sure that the game flows there's a lot of baseball, 162 games. There's a lot of baseball here. Way more than football, way more than basketball, way more than hockey. A lot of games to be played here. So sometimes it's hard to go to a game, an evening game, and you're there all night. In today's world, now it's easier if you got kids. You, you still have to work, but if you got kids... You can take them to the game, depending on how old they are. But if games are over sooner, will that spur in attendance? If games are more exciting and faster, will that bring back viewership? And a lot of this is TV, to be honest with you. A lot of this is TV. 
Because you know if you go to a baseball game, you you should know, unless you're new to the game, if you go to a baseball game, you're going to be there a while. That's why they have, that's why they have plenty of concession stands, because you're going to be there a while. Load up on the dollar dogs. So we'll talk about that, but we will get your text in first. 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255. Also, I want to mention this before we go into the break. I didn't I didn't touch on it yesterday. I didn't see it, but at its peak, more people watched the halftime show with Rihanna than watched the actual game. So more people tuned in. There were more people tuning in for the Rihanna performance and then tuning out. Still, there were a lot of people watching the Super Bowl, but it's funny that more people checked into what was happening for halftime because, okay, it's Rihanna. It's the Rihanna halftime show, and people were talking about it on social media. So I'm sure that spurred a lot of people. They're following social media. They can't get away from the feed and oh okay I gotta see what they're talking about let's tune this thing in let's see Rihanna okay she's on the floating stages oh is she pregnant I can't tell she looks pregnant she's pregnant and a lot of conversation going on about that so the third most watched television show with an estimated 113 million people but at its peak the peak numbers, there were more people tuned in to see Rihanna than Patrick Mahomes. Interesting. We'll get your phone calls, text in. We'll hear from Tony Kemper. We will talk about these new changes to baseball. All of that's coming up on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday, February 14th edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program by texting 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. I would, again, wish you a happy Valentine's Day, but I've got a feeling some of you right now are scrambling, heading to your local, uh, I don't know, Kroger, heading to Kroger possibly to try to figure out what's left can i get some discount candy can i get some discount flowers if you're in that text me if you're in that boat i i want to see if you got photos of that too if you're in kroger right now you're listening to the stream maybe you're heading to kroger text me i want to see what they've got left over and again we'll take those as well 304-396-TALK 304-396-8255 so i was over at marshall earlier today Tuesdays have become a, a, a standard now for Tony Kemper. Every Tuesday at 10.30, I get a chance to go over and talk to the head coach about the upcoming games and Thundering Herd losing to Texas State on Saturday, snapping a six-game win streak, which is okay because the Herd has played well. and I think they can bounce back quite nicely. They don't have to really – Look at how they lost. They lost to a good team. It wasn't one of those situations where they ran out of gas or you know, they, they played poorly. It's just if they could have got a couple more stops, 
a few more stops here or there. They just, they, they matched up against a, a pretty good team. So I don't think there's anything you know, really bad to say about the loss on Saturday. But speaking with head coach Tony Kemper, he says that the team is really rounding into form. I, I thought we played a very good Texas State team uh, pretty well. Uh, script flipped a little bit on us. Uh, we, we, our worst quarter was our fourth. That hasn't happened in a long time. Uh, we just couldn't get a stop, you know, and, and we had, I thought we played good enough offense. We scored 19 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, that should be good enough to win at home. And we couldn't put enough stops together to get it done. So that was disappointing, um, in a game that, you know, I thought we fought hard. I thought we did a nice job of controlling it for a lot of the game and couldn't quite get over the hump. But sometimes, I mean, six in a row, we made a lot of plays in that six-game stretch to win those kind of games. And um, maybe your luck runs out, and now we got to reset, and we got to get ready to play well against Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern, the opponent, Thundering Herds on the road. And I also had a chance to talk to Shania Wright earlier today as well. And she talked about staying focused on Georgia Southern when I was asking her about the upcoming matchup. Well, Coach tries to keep us – uh, one game at a time mentality. Um, so really, we're focused on beating Georgia Southern. Uh, they got us at our house, you know, a few weeks ago. So we would like to return the favor. So, you know, we kind of see big picture every day, but we try to take it one game at a time. So right now, we're just locked in on on Thursday. That's a mentality I asked Coach Kemper about as well. How do you keep these players focused? You've got to look at the big picture because. You're four games from the tournament, and there's still an opportunity for you to improve your standing. At the same time, you got to lock in on one opponent at a time. And he really doesn't think that this team, it's, it's much of a, a difficulty. He doesn't think it's really hard to keep it down to, with, with still keeping an eye on the bigger picture, but keeping it to that one-at-a-time mentality. I think the one-game-at-a-time thing isn't that hard to, to really do, honestly. I mean, we... I don't cloud my own mind on what we have going on. I mean, it's a, we have people that work ahead on things that matter so that we're prepared when we flip. Um, but right now it's Georgia Southern's all we can handle. And I, I think our players understand that too. And I think you heard that in Shania, um, what, what they're focused on. So there, yeah, we talk about, I mean, anybody in this, time of year, if you're not paying attention to what things look like and what it means for you, in trying to play well in Pensacola, then you know you don't have a team that's engaged in what's going on. So that stuff's going to go on. But at the same time, I don't think it's hard day in and day out to for you know as she said, she watched film, the things that we have to work on. Their 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 mind is on that stuff. You know, so we play well on Thursday, and then hopefully that happens, and then you flip and you do it again Saturday. Another follow-up question to Shania Wright was asked about staying focused on that big picture. And I thought it was interesting enough to, to play. She really, I think, honed in on it, zeroed in on you know what it is really they're trying to do here. We definitely talk about the big picture. Um, we see the big picture. Uh, we, we know we dropped a big one on Saturday. Um, we could have made it into the top four. You know, we know we fell in the standings. Um, I think that it's something that's talked to us about. Um, it's something that we're all aware of in the back of our minds. But conference is, we got four teams to go through before we get to conference. So, you know, like I said, we, uh, we really just want to take it one game at a time. 
Shania Wright talking to her earlier today at Marshall. Marshall women in action on the road against Georgia Southern. So what's changed about them? Wright said that they're good. Nothing's really changed about them. They're still good. They're a good basketball team. I think that was true when we played them. I think it's true now. Um, they're going to give us everything that they got, and we want to give them everything that we got. Um, nothing for us, I think, has changed. You know, our game plan is going to be the same, and it really just matters about what we do, um, not really about what they do. One thing she did talk about, something that they focused on, that she even came and saw film, so it was fresh in her mind. One thing that Marshall needs to do better, Shania said that they just got killed in transition last time. We got killed in transition. Um, I just watched some film, actually, on how we got killed in transition. Um, so we're going we're gonna to focus on slowing them down in transition. Our half-court defense, I think, is... You guys watch our games, it's pretty solid. So uh, I think we can beat anyone when we keep them in front of us. Uh, so we can't let them get easy baskets and transition like that. So limit those. We'll see where we're at at the end of the game. And when talking to Coach Kemper earlier, what can we expect? Players, they're going to see film. They're going to see things maybe a little differently than Coach. So when talking to Coach Kemper earlier, one of the things I had for him was to just talk about what's different, what's changed, what can we expect when Marshall faces off against Georgia Southern again. They're one of the best offensive teams in the country, not in the Sun Belt, in the country. So um, they really push the ball well. Uh, they shoot it at multiple positions, shoot it fast. Um, sometimes I, I think in the first game we were surprised by that. Um, sometimes you can show film and – you, you kind of believe it when you experience it. Oh, okay, I got you. She's going to shoot that thing. I, I thought she might, but she did. And they made a couple shots like that where, um, you know, most teams in the space we had them don't shoot it. Georgia Southern does. And they shoot it with confidence. They shoot it with confidence for 40 minutes. And so a great offensive team. And that's really no disrespect on their defense. They just play super fast, so they're going to score a lot of points. And so we'll have to be – we, we've got to do better than 83 points. I mean, I think if we go down there expecting to outscore them at their, their place, I, I think that's a, bad, that's a bad situation to get into. Thundering Herd's done that before. They've gone in, gotten down, and then tried to outscore you in the fourth. And I'm sure that the Herd would like to play from the front more. But Marshall still has that ability get down in a hole, maybe something kicks in. The adversity causes something to to kick in. And so Shania Wright talked about just how the herd comes back against teams, especially coming back last time against Georgia Southern. But I don't think that's the game plan for the Thundering Herd. I think if you talk to anybody on our team, uh, we know to never count us out. Um, fourth quarter, for some reason, we are a great team in the fourth quarter. Um, and I just think that, you know, we, we kind of we look at the score. It doesn't matter. You know, once we, once we find our rhythm, find who we are, we're a pretty hard team to beat. So um, we definitely 
we don't like to rely on that because, you know, we like to have strong starts. We don't want to have to come down, come back 20s, however big the run was, um, such like that. And I think maybe if you cut that run to 15, we win that game. Um, so, you know, we want to start strong. We want to finish strong. Um, playing comeback basketball is not something we, we are taught, you know, not something that is emphasized in the locker room. Um, I just show, I think that just shows that we're a fighting team. You know, we fight no matter what. We fight to the bittersweet of the end. Um, but we're just hoping to have a better start, you know, against Georgia Southern, continually keep control during that game. Shania Wright, also Tony Kemper from earlier today. We'll have more from Coach tomorrow. We'll get your text in now, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. More. Coming up on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our text line this hour is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive for Tuesday, February 14th on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our stream is always there for you. You can also listen to the program by downloading our app. You go to our website, wrvc.com. We've got links that will take you to the proper the proper store for your device, iOS or Android, and you can listen to the station. You can listen to the show wherever you go on our app. Just get it today. Download it. And the best place, again, to get the link is at wrvc.com or search your store iOS or Android store, you know what to do. You know what to do. You can handle this. You got it. And, of course, our text line, again, remains open. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. So baseball season is fast approaching. We'll once again have the majority of Pittsburgh Pirates games here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And some changes are going to be happening. We know already that starting extra innings with a runner on second base during the regular season is now permanent. That is a permanent rule. The ghost runner, the Manfred man, whatever you want to call it, it was adopted unanimously by the 11-person competition committee. So you've got that. And now there's some other changes that are coming, and we're going to start to see what those look like in true action. And the two that have really interested me the most, there, there are several. There's so, and, of course, you got the, you got the shift, and, and there are other rules that I want to see throughout the entire season how baseball works with the pitch clock. Now, almost every sport, almost every sport has a clock. Basketball, you got a shot clock. In football, you got a play clock. And with the play clock, you got to start to play before play clock runs out. Basketball, you got to take a shot before the shot clock runs out. So those are those are important clocks. But football is the biggest sport going in the United States. Basketball, right up there. Hockey does not have a shot clock because it's not that type of game. It's 
possession changes frequently. It's a moving sport. Soccer does not have a shot clock. It's a moving sport. Now, baseball, it's not one of those where there's continuous action. Batter comes up to the plate, and it's a duel between the pitcher and the batter. One-on-one. The other eight guys behind the pitcher don't even come into play until that ball is put in play. So, baseball has always been one of those sports where it doesn't have a running clock. You don't, why would you keep a running clock? You know, you're not counting down. You're not going to end the game. You don't have quarters. You don't have halftime. You just have top of the inning, bottom of the inning. That's it. You have you have opportunities for both teams. And if the home team leads after the uh, top of the ninth, home team wins. Home team trails after the top of the ninth. Home team gets to finish out. They're both tied. We go in the extra innings. But there's no clock here. There's nothing that says, all right, this game's going to end now. So how do you how do you speed this up? And so the pitch clock here. 15 seconds. You got 20 seconds if there's a runner on base. 15 seconds if there's not a runner. So this is supposed to speed the game up. Because these things can drag on. And that's one thing. That's a complaint about baseball. Some people enjoy that. You can just go to the ballpark and, and the game's over when it's over. You're not, you know, you're not looking at it. You're not clock watching. Now you've got to watch the pitch count. Or you got to watch something. You know, Everyone's got something to watch. And now we're throwing in the pitch clock. Try to speed this up. Also, the base size has increased. Base size is from 15 inches to 18 inches. That's a big deal. I think that's a bigger deal, honestly, than the pitch clock. Pitch clock is just going to speed the game up. No loitering out there, you know. No, just, yeah, I'll throw it when I feel like it. No, you, you keep the game going. And so it's going to give an opportunity to quicken the game but now the base size completely different here if you're trying to beat you're trying to beat the throw to first base you got some more room to work with now or if you're trying to steal a base you got more room to work with here and so this is going to be interesting to me are we going to see more offense are we going to see Players making base more? Are we going to see players stealing more? What are we going to see? How is this going to translate into real world game? Because you got more, yeah. You might think, okay, 15 inch base, 18 inch, that's really not much. No, look at it. Compare it. A 15 inch base compared to an 18 inch base, if you've not seen the pictures, there's a lot of room to work with there. And now, all those plays where, man, it's close but no cigar, you know, you got more room to work with here. 
So that I want to see what this looks like. I'm interested. But should baseball have just left it alone? Should baseball just left it alone and it's the game. It's the game we all know. It's the game we all know. And we're going to talk asterisks here again because those always come up. All right, asterisks, you got to reset the records because, well, it's easier to steal bases now. It's easier to score runs now. It's easier to get on base now. Are we going to reset the records here or put asterisks now? Are we going to do that? I hope not. But that's a big deal because baseball is that sport where you live and die by the numbers. Absolutely live and die by the numbers. That's the number sport. It's also the radio sport. Television is, um, the football is the television sport. It's on a grid. Baseball, it's the radio sport because, you know, it's more descriptive. So we're going to speed the game up, and now we're going to see maybe more offense generated, more more base runners. We're going to see a lot of changes here, but those are the two big ones that stood out to me. So should a baseball just left this alone? I want to see it in action first, but I'm actually game for this. I'm absolutely game for this because if we can generate – more offense. Make the game a little bit more exciting. There's more action going on. That's the one thing about NASCAR that I'm not a big fan of. To me, it's just going around in circles for a long time. Last 25, 30 laps, you know, that's that's where it counts, I think. If you've survived that monotonous run, and you've got yourself in a position, now, of course, some people... They'll tell you that it's that strategy that's exciting to them. For me, it's just running around in a circle. But you get down to that last 25, 30 laps, talking fuel strategy, you're talking tire strategy. Okay, do I pit one more final time? Do I have enough to go? Are the tires good enough? Can I get ahead? Can I get clean air? I need to work my way from the middle of the pack. Now's my time. I'm running out of, out of chances here, so i got to make some moves here. You know, all that excitement, that makes it exciting for me. Baseball, you tune in, it's a, you know, maybe it's a 6 nothing game. One team got lucky. Or there's not much action going on. I know we love the shutout. We absolutely love the shutout. And we like pitchers' duels, too. But if this generates interest in baseball, because now it's it's more digestible, you don't have to sit and invest in a whole entire block of time to this. That's the argument I hear from people who like soccer. They tell me, hey, look, we get in, we get all the action, and then we're done. We're not waiting for it to end. Because the Super Bowl was long. It wasn't as long as I... I'm used to being involved in these games. Like it, it didn't last forever. But you know, it's just it's amplified by that. And of course, also, baseball has this ability to not showcase itself at the proper times. 
How many times have we watched the baseball game go into the late hours? And unless you're on the West Coast, look, I got to go to work in the morning. I can't sit here and stay up all night past midnight for this thing. And especially playoffs are the worst. Playoffs are absolutely the worst. But, you know, what if a game started at, say, 6.30, 6.40? We're done by 9-ish, maybe? Good game. What do we see that? Would that increase interest in the game? Would that? Because, again, we're talking television here. This is, this is what we're talking about. I tune in. It's, I invest a couple of hours. I'm done. Because it's fast-paced. It's, it's quicker. It's moving along. There's more opportunities for offense. Is that where baseball is getting at here? And are we going to see that trickle down to you know, all levels of baseball eventually? I know they're still talking about shot clocks in high school. And that's probably an interesting debate to be had because administrators – will probably tell you, look, that costs money. We're talking high school here. That costs money. you got to get a shot clock operator. you got to get the right equipment to, to work with our system here. You know, We can't even get enough people to staff these things, and now we got to invest more into this equipment. And there's always that argument that, okay, this would probably make the game more competitive, if you put a shot clock on it, will a shot clock make high school basketball better? I don't know. Will a pitch clock make baseball better? I don't know, but I'm interested to see. And I can't wait to see how many stolen bases we have, if that's going to be an elevated number, and how many beat the throw. He's safe. How many times will the runner be safe because – we went from 15 inches to 18 inches on that base. That I'm I'm interested in seeing. We'll get your text in 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. It is a Tuesday. Guess what? It's Valentine's Day. I hope you didn't mess up. Absolutely. Hope you didn't mess up. We'll talk about the rest of the night when we continue on today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. You can always download the show. If you missed any part of today's program, you can go to our podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts is where you can listen to this edition of The Drive and ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our big story of the day, Andrew Taylor named Sunbelt Player of the Week. Yesterday, he was named the Lou Henson National Player of the Week which is a award for mid-major players. Now today, Sunbelt Player of the Week. 29.5 points in two games, average. 7.5 rebounds, average. Don't forget, he had 33 points in that game on Thursday and 
10 rebounds. You had a double-double. Also averaged in the last two games, five and a half assists. Made 52.1% of his shots in that span. From the three-point line, almost 48%. So, yeah, he's player of the week. So we don't have to riot. I, I inferred that. I didn't want to cause any any problems here, but if he wasn't named player of the week, we needed to have a serious conversation with the people who were in charge of voting in the Sun Belt. So we don't have to have that conversation. No, that's great. It's absolutely great. He's um, He's a player that hopefully will return. I don't think there's any any question that he's – not going to come back. I don't feel that because with the transfer portal, you, know, you start to get some traction and you think that you can improve your situation. Sometimes you're going to improve your situation. I know Dan's not yeah, 100% in love with the transfer portal. He likes the homegrown kids. He likes bringing the kids in. He likes bringing them in and developing them and they become loyal they, they're Marshall kids, and I understand that completely. And that's that's a great, great thought. Bring these kids in, develop them, have a system. They stick around the entire time. They're Marshall players from start to finish. They'll always come back. They love Marshall. I don't know how much longer that can last. I mean, you'll have that here or there. You'll have that here or there, but... How many kids are, I don't know which school we use. We use Kentucky as an example. Are there kids that grow up dreaming of putting that U.K. jersey on? Yeah, they are. Yeah, absolutely. But are there mostly kids now that want to go to the best school possible for the best situation, and if it doesn't if it doesn't work out or it's working out but it can lead to a better school higher profile school probably the best way to describe this yeah these kids are going to look at that Text line 304-396-TALK, 304-396-TALK. Text about baseball as we've got new rules. Uh, Texter says, different rules for both teams as to when they can use a new pitcher. This is beyond crazy. Next day, we'll be using War Plus to determine which teams get to make what move in a game like a golf handicap. How can you institute different rules of play for two competing teams in the same game? It's beyond ridiculous. Hopefully we will see all this in play in spring ball. That's the thing. I think we're going to see right away what's working, what needs to be adjusted, what might need to be thrown out. And that's going to do it for this edition. Don't forget you can be a part of the program every day right here starting at 506 on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And if you can't, you can always download the podcast, subscribe, follow, whatever your button says on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
or wherever all the finer podcasts are available. Thanks for tuning in. Back with you tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.